Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Slam Fire Radio, episode 253 for April 19th, 2018. I am one of your hosts, Trevor. I'm Adriel. And I'm Brian the Temp. Brian the Temp. We didn't do nicknames, Temp Guy. I know, but I'm rolling with it because I like it. I'm works. the Temp. What are you going to do? Fire me? Exactly. Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> I'm the Temp, and I'm here to mess stuff up. <laughs> I'm the ruiner. That's what you <laughs> I'm the ruiner, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so the description that's on tonight's show, which we don't read anyway, is not yes. actually the description. You got really busy today, Brian, in the show. Well, I was trying to be out ahead of you, and then you changed your mind, and I just said a, a word we can't say, and it. And that's it. <laughs> and that was that. All right. Was, very good. Yes, yes. Well, gentlemen, uh, I can't wait to get to the main topic, and I also can't wait to finish sorting my ammo for this weekend and pack and do all that other stuff. So let's just move things along, shall we? What yeah. he's saying, listeners, is he has better things to do than record. I have better things to do than hang out with Bolivar. Everybody does. <laughs> Everybody, all the listeners do too. <laughs> like, you're not, this is not news. Right. And they're even doing this for, for free. Um, all right. So what we did this week in guns is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. If you don't shop there, you are a communist. Not sure what exactly is on sale there this week, but uh, head on over to the website. Something on. I, I put something in the show notes. Um, your sugar tits. I thought that was last week's. No. All right. No. So apparently this week at the Calgary Shooting Center, you, they're featuring the Bravo Company Gunfighter Charging Handles on sale for 30 bucks. What? Which, Which show them? notes are you reading? Yeah. Really? I'm reading the ones right in front of me. What are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. Refresh or something like that. Yeah. The Calgary Shooting Center is now featuring the Mossberg 590A1 SPX Tactical for $1,019. How, how come that didn't refresh live? I, I, didn't see, I knew that was there from last week. I don't know. Are you on our show notes? Are you on my show notes? Yeah. yeah. Hold Good on. thing you're the lead host. Right? Note. That's all I'm saying. Good I didn't think you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. All right. Okay, Brian. Cool. Why don't you tell right. us what you did this week? All right. Well, okay. So I'm going to go back in time a little bit. I did do some testing with that IBI barrel of mine. Um, and uh, yeah, it shoots right good. My, um, a couple of five shot groups that I fired What's with an IBI? Mine, IBI. What's that? International Barrels Incorporated. Ah, yes. Yeah, Seriously? That uh, Ryan, Ryan guy? Yeah. Yeah, that, that Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, I that know guy. who it is. I'm asking for the listeners. Come yes. on. You, we know this so, stuff, right? Yeah. I'm yes. sorry. Uh, yeah. My apologies, Adriel. That was yes. really good of you. Yeah. He, he, he couldn't wait to like claw you into you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> anyway, okay. So I did some testing um, at the range actually a few weeks ago and um it was shooting with my good match ammo uh like three quarters of an inch 0.6 of an inch 
Um, loving the accuracy that I'm, or sorry, precision that I'm getting out of that barrel. Now, I ran into a funny issue though. Can we back up? Yes, absolutely. Let's stay on the precision part. How is this stacking up compared to what was on the rifle before and what was on the rifle before? Before I had a Rainier Arms select barrel. So like an, an unknown manufacturer. Yeah, like no. Run of the yeah. Like DPS kind of? Basically Nor- a Ranko barrel. Basically right. a okay. barrel. No. Um, yeah, so I had a pretty decent barrel on it. Yeah, so you were starting in a good place. Yeah, starting in a good place. And I went back through my records actually this morning, and it shot about a minute of angle with that same load. So this is cut. It's a 25% improvement in precision um, with with that barrel change. So All of the things equal, same recipe, et cetera. Same, exact same ammo, like leftover ammo from last year, literally. So Excellent. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. So, And j- overall, it just shoots pretty darn good. I mean, the, um, the V-Bull that we shoot at is about a minute and a half. So this is shooting half that. So giddy up. If I can read wind, I'll be, I should be able to hold inside the V for most of the match. So giddy up. Um, now, moving on, I did run into a weird problem in that the uh, new barrel was not cycling the action. And I messed with the gas block. I moved it around and I tried to recenter it. I just could not get this thing to properly cycle. So um, I got in touch with Ryan. And we talked about a few different things, and I sent it back to him uh, that week um, to have him take a look at it. Now, one change I made before I sent it back, which I should have tested before I sent it, I took the gas uh, the gas tube off and put my old gas tube on. I had a brand new gas tube on this thing, um, and I, I took that off and replaced it. Sent it to him. Typical, like you send something that's broken to somebody to fix it, and it works perfect. So he had no problems getting it to cycle. I He sent it back to me. I took it to the range yesterday. No problems getting it to cycle. So apparently the brand new gas tube that I purchased from a store that was going out of business was garbage. Um, where is it? Here. Is it like pinched or like the I don't know. But it's done now. We will not be using this for anything ever. This I will not even give this to my worst enemy, this thing. So, so to the listeners have. who are listening to this edited, recorded version later, tell yes. them what you just did, Brian. I just took my uh, gas tube that wasn't working and bent it more than 90 degrees. That's, it's, <laughs> that is the best thing you can do with a gas tube that doesn't That's work. Like a pen that doesn't write, put it in the garbage because somebody well, else is going to pick it up I mean, and use it. And most likely, it'll be me. <laughs> so why why let myself uh trip over that so um anyway so the gun's cycling now so i've put it all back together i've put the matador arms um flare stack brake on it and i'll take it to the range this weekend to start doing some ladder tests for velocity just to see where the uh, flat spots are with that same combination of powder and bullet and primer and and we'll go from there and talk about the uh, recent love affair between you and Matador Arms, or was that already done? Well, we talked about that a little bit uh, last week. Um, they they did decide that they were going to sponsor me this year, so I'm very happy to have Anika and Nolan on as uh, sponsors. And did they send um, you like a Starbucks card or uh, sandwich? Like sub? Well, yeah, I sent them twenty bucks, and they sent me a twenty dollars Starbucks card. It's all good. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. No, so there. <laughs> They're supporting me with a few things here and there, and that you know cool. I'll have Matador swag around at events and 
it'll be it'll be interesting i uh, hope to be shooting some more of their stuff because uh, they do make some stuff for like rim fires for like 1022s mm-hmm. and i apparently i now shoot 1022s competitively um and i do okay <laughs> no. yeah yeah okay <laughs> anyway I, I got lucky everyone you know what every match there has to be the person in front and I, the person at the back at the end I, that's <laughs> i am so happy that I wasn't on last week's show because when we're on an episode together and you win a match and I lose a match, I don't think that is a good time. I've had a whole week to recover. So I'm mostly okay. Yeah. Mostly. That, that would have been a thing. <laughs> it would have yeah. been all, all night, Brian going. So yeah, as I was saying about how I won my match, Trevor, how did you do in your match? Oh, that's right. You didn't win. No, I, 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 I seriously wouldn't do that. Oh, not multiple I, no. times. <laughs> Once. Yes. Enough until he hung up. <laughs> That's when it would oh. stop. <laughs> Brian hung up on me today with style and gusto. I texted him right back and was like, sir, that was some of your best work. Well, <laughs> to, to be fair, you had gotten me minutes before. So, yeah, we're kind of yeah. even today. But yeah. I foreshadowed mine. You just you dropped yours on me like a piano. <laughs> That's the best way to, to drop a hang up on somebody. It's like Absolutely. a piano. Absolutely. So, um, and then what else did I do? I ordered a uh, Kraken holster f- from uh, Highlander Tactical because I want a different style of holster for some stuff that I'm doing. I actually decided I'm going to finally have a holster that I can use the light on the gun with. Mm-hmm. Why not be all tactical, that kind of thing? Um did and then you go I go straight to Ryan or one of his de- dealers. Oh, I went straight to Ryan. Yeah, just because. Uh, hey, I'm left-handed, so nobody has what I need in stock ever. So also I just, known as wrong-handed. Well, and it's and so he he texted me back or Facebooked me back to say thanks for the support, and my response was shut up and build my holster. <laughs> I don't want your thanks. I want my holster. <laughs> <laughs> this is time. This is time that could be spent on my holster. That's that's right. Like, are you folding Kydex as you take this? I don't think you are. So let's go. Come on. <laughs> anyway, so and, and I know it's going to take a few weeks uh, to get to me because, fr- uh, frankly, he has some other customers that he favors. He he decides that people who are using um, arms in harm's way are more important than people who shoot matches. Strange. Yeah. You know what it's... I you know what I can foresee happening here is a relationship between Highlanders Tactical and Slamfire, not unlike the relationship between the gun dudes and concealment solutions. Oh do we, we should get free be holsters? Getting... He should be hooking us all up with holsters and we should be pimping out promo codes and having them on the show. Hmm. Right? I I've... see nothing wrong with anything you just said. I know, right? And I've got two of his holsters now, one of his regular ones, plus I've got a prototype competition holster, which I wish he would continue to pump out, and I would love to just use it exclusively for my 1911. Hint, hint, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. So what you're saying is is you can be bought. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I put it for sale like a $2 holster. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no. Look at I the think, hat I've got on for Pete's sakes. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, it's it's fair. So, so what what we're all saying is that Trevor and myself and Adriel are all open for Highlander Tactical sponsorship. Right. Well, the show, like the sh- you know. Yeah. Well, and me because I'm not. Well, there. as as members of the show, we benefit from the show sponsorship. Oh, okay. And, and he benefits from things like if you don't carry your gun in a Highlander Tactical holster, you're a communist. 
So, you know, can we, do you can want you to just be... use that for anybody? Isn't that strictly for Calgary Shooting Center? Or do you just you just whore that out for anybody? Uh, anybody who will pay. <laughs> like, I won't just call anybody a communist. You got to pay. It's like it's like Gunny. God bless his soul. Right. He wouldn't he wouldn't do the uh, the lines from Film Metal Jacket for free. Like you had to pay to get yelled at. Well, if you want to not be labeled the communist. Yes, or if you want to be extorted. Right. Yes, if, or yeah, something. Or like if that. if you want your non-customers who aren't customers yet to be called communists, and and have them believe that the only way to not be a communist is to buy your product, I'm your guy. Yes, and I will ride on your coattails if it gets me stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, carry on. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. And the only other thing, you know what? I've I've got something else in the works, but we're just gonna wait and see how that pans out as time comes so it'll it'll be something to talk about in the future i can't give give away everything i've done all at once because i'll run out so i think that's about it all right uh let's see so that should put us to me um the nail test did we you guys remember me talking about the nail test no i didn't uh which nail test were you doing this was with these um the cellular and bellet ammo which I mean, I learned so much. Um, one, I thought it was French. Turns out it's Czech. Um, so anyway, I thought it would be non-corrosive. And when it arrived, it was in two uh, those spam cans that were welded, lead soldered shut. Mm, um, could you do me a favor, Adriel, while you've got the cat there? Could you kind of hold it by the back of the neck and punch it in the nose? It's taunting me. I hate that thing more oh, than I hate clowns. Anyway, um, <laughs> such a bad it? man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so this, uh, so Denny at the shop, he brought in a case of some point six two by twenty five because I got a toker off, and because it was Sully and Bellet, um, I, I there's a lot of things I didn't know about the company. I had no idea that they were around as long as they were around. I thought they were made new. I th- I know that they're still around, and I know they make newly manufactured 7.62 by 25 ammo like this box i'm holding up to the camera right here this is this, the, the the stuff we see in the stores all the time today it's newly manufactured and it's non-corrosive so this is what i assumed we were buying um like i don't know 1400 rounds or something like that anyway when we get it it's in a wooden crate it looks like milsurp all day, every day, um, we cut open one of the cans, and I'm like, "This sucks. This is written. It's got 1946 stamped on it. It's obviously going to be corrosive." So we take a nail that has rust on it already, clean the rust off the nail, put the nail in the vise, pull a bullet, stick the case over the over the uh, head of the nail, and pop the primer. And it sat for three days. We did it on like a Friday, and Monday was a holiday or something. When we checked it on um, Tuesday. No rust, just some carbon. Um, we wiped it with hoppies and a patch, and everything came off. How does that make any sense? Did you um, did you do a like a sample nail, a control nail that didn't have anything done to it whatsoever? Um, no, it's a good idea because you're you're out practically on the ocean, and uh, you you know metal just might rust just by the, <laughs> through the sake of being metal. Actually, what I what you might want to do is take some of that commercial stuff, 
pull the bullet off, pull the powder out, and strike one off on the, on a nail just to have one that's got like a known non-corrosive and a known corrosive just to compare the two. Good idea. All right. That's how I'll go back and redo it. Um, and then I shot Spring Bang. Spring Bang is an annual indoor match at the AMA range in Dartmouth put on by Ipswich, Nova Scotia. Uh, mistakes were made. This is my second time shooting since the fall when I was DQ'd in a three-gun match for my pistol falling out of the holster. And um, when I went to the match in March, I went there with absolutely no expectations. I hadn't been shooting. I had had surgery on my hand, blah, blah, blah. I, was, I had been pretty much a couch potato all winter. Uh, so the guys were making fun of me saying, oh, you're making your, up your excuses already. And as I, as the listeners who have been listening to the show week after week, I won. I won the match. Okay, so Brian and I, we talk about mental training a lot and some of the common errors that happen that competitors make. And one of them is... Um, trying too hard, over trying, putting pressure on yourself, stuff like that. So the match in March, I just let it flow. I just went out and just performed and I let my subconscious take over and, and, and do the shooting for me. When I got to this match, I was like, all right, I'm just coming off a win against all these guys and these guys are awesome and I beat them all. So I should be able to do it today, but I better try. I better try to beat them today. And I was looking at the score, the, the, the results on practice score. I was fourth or fifth fastest in the match. So that's like right up there with the open guys and, and the production guys. Um, and I was faster than the two guys I beat last time. But what killed me were the mics. I lost the match in the first four stages. I had more mics in the first day than all of the last season combined. I was, there was one time I can, I specifically remember Adriel. I went into a shooting position into a port and I started to run to the next shooting array before I was done shooting. My mm. feet were moving before the gun was completely, you know, fin I, I, I didn't follow through, right? Like I gave up on the shot and took off without any follow through. So That's, you were trying, you were trying to like move faster than yeah, you, could shoot. I was moving faster than I was shooting and I was shooting faster than my, uh, current accuracy ability. So I got it together at the end and I won a couple of stages and I did good on some big stages, but it was too little too late. And there was two major, two major surprises. One was captain Andy. I mean, I took him for granted this match. Uh, I didn't pay any attention to him whatsoever. Um, it, you know, there's a thing about, you know, if you're trying to beat one guy, well, you may end up beating him and still end up in third place. You can't just pick one guy or two guys. You got to pay attention to yourself and pay attention to everybody. And I didn't pay any attention to captain Andy at all. I mean, I owed him, I owed him a couple of times and I knew he was doing well, but he always does well. Well, captain Andy blew us all away. When we left though, we were given the results for just our squad and other people weren't done shooting, so we didn't have everybody else's results in. And when they come in, they change the numbers. But between first place and fourth place, when I left, was less than two percent. So we were all we were all quite close. But anyway, Andy beat me, so I'm like, okay, well he beat everybody. So it was like Andy, then Sean, then Jim, or Jim, then Sean. I can't remember. And then um, a new guy, Tim. Uh, this guy, I saw him 
at the March match, young guy. Um, and he, he was shooting really well. Um, and I was like, not really helping him, but like after he'd shoot a stage, if he did a little bit of like a fumble, I would just say to him, if you had that stage to do over again, what would you do differently? And he knew. So I was like, ah, shit, <laughs> like, we're in trouble. Anyway, it was only his third match. Huh? That's uh, that's pretty good for a third match. <laughs> You're in trouble. Yep, we're in trouble. So, and Captain Andy's bugging me. He's like, "Are you going to the Hampton 250 in June?" I'm like, "Please, of course I am." Why? He said, "Oh, well, Tim wanted to know." <laughs> so I suggested that him and Tim could both snack on a bag of stuff, and it wasn't potato chips. Let me tell you. So, so anyway, yeah, I was, uh, I was disappointed that Andy kicked my butt. But then uh, when I found out that Tim kicked my butt, I was like, oh, man. So, and it was points. It was just points. Again, all my stage plans were fine. I bombed one weekend stage. I really got to work on my weekend shooting. Like an eight-second stage turned into 14 seconds. But I didn't bomb as bad as another guy. And I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to throw him under the bus. But he's a, he's a really strong shooter. His name rhymes with rim. And <laughs> he was... Uh, his, he was video being videotaped and on the weekend stage, when he got to like the second mag, he looked to the video, his videographer said, stop filming. <laughs> so anyway, it was pretty good. Um, so yeah, awesome match lessons learned, uh, rookie mistakes really for me. I know better than that, but. Okay. But you did learn some lessons and oh, yeah. the second day you won some stages. So you were able to collect yourself, make some corrections, and still salvage a solid performance, even though you didn't come in first. Right. So you have something to build on for the next match. Yeah, I'm going to Tanya Harding, uh, Tanya Harding, uh, Tim in the parking lot. <laughs> you could do that, and and I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. However, oh, yeah, if you saw Tim, you would advise against it. <laughs> he's young and he's big, and I think he works in corrections. Again, I'm not advising against it. So, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, you want to watch but, the world burn. <laughs> no, I just want to watch you burn. <laughs> but if that doesn't work, then you do have some things that you you have some confidence built up that you can you can unmess yourself up and perform the way you're supposed to perform. So you have some positives, is what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I got enough experience now that I know exactly what went wrong. I went in with the wrong mental uh, mental mindset. And uh, I was okay. talking to Sean and I'm like, I'm trying too hard and I'm not letting it flow. Last time I just let it flow. And he's like, well, then go let it flow. So there's a song about that, isn't it? Let it flow. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a Disney song. I it think. probably <laughs> hasn't been drilled into Trevor's head. Like it has everyone else's. Yeah. That's, that's definitely true. So yeah. um, okay. while I was there, I got to test fire my backup gun, which was my Norinco uh, NP29 that uh, I had built. So this is the one that Andy tightened the slide on the same time. He, he cracked Adriel's slide. We tuned the frame rails polished inside now re-blued ton of sti parts anyway uh dovetails welded and then milled for new sites etc only to find out with the new site i chose it doesn't fit inside the ipsic box so it's not an ipsic legal pistol so we tightened this gun up and it was nice and tight like it was good and we we had to use some lapping compound and lap the slide back to the frame and 10 rounds 
I wish I had, I wish I had the slide with me. It's at the shop. I fired 10 rounds. And first thing was at 25 meters, it was shooting over top of the target. And then being a dyslexic, I adjusted the rear sight incorrectly. If you're shooting high, you move the rear sight opposite the group. So you bring the rear sight down. Uh, I brought the rear sight up and then we moved to 10 meters and was shooting over top of the target at 10 meters. I was like, what? Anyway, realized after as soon as I put it back in the case, what I had done wrong. But that's not the cool part of the story, which is actually it's not nothing cool about it. Uh, the gun after ten rounds rattled like a seventy-eight Dodge Ram. <laughs> Unbelievable! It's crazy. Couldn't believe it. I, I, it's like it's like it may it may even be worse than before we touched it. So, man, I don't know. I'm 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 a little puzzled by that how a gun that was all tightened up could loosen up again that quickly well uh, if hurry it's up like and figure seven... out that front sight because <laughs> i need to get my front sight figured out too well and i got the same problem as you oh yeah it's shooting really high yeah we'll use we use the same sights right yeah did you, but i mean who knows how my barrel fit is etc and no did, mine's super high the the sights are matched to each other yeah we need to we need like a much higher front sight, I think. Yep. Yeah. I had some lower Novak rear sights and, um, the, and they're okay, but the notch in the rear, you could drive a truck on either side of the post when it's in the center of the notch. I'm like, Oh, even for action shooting, this is, this is too much. I'd need a much wider front post, which you can get. So, but anyway, um, yeah, uh, Adriel Dawson makes front sights in any number of in configurations you could imagine. So just go get a Dawson 1911 front sight. But I need Six, one that's higher. I yeah. don't know what height to, to get. Oh, you're probably at 220 now. So measure it with your calipers. Oh, you got to do this too, though. Can't you figure it out and just tell me I'll, which one to get? All right, I'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> the least you can do for breaking his gun. And installing the wrong sights on it. (laughs) Adriel's all like, don't make me do stuff. (laughs) Um, And then I did some reloading a couple of different times. And again, tonight, right before the show started, I was actually case-caging ammo when the show started. Uh, At the shop, man, I only got a couple of days in that shop, but it's been awesome. I walk in yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Today's third. Yeah, yesterday. I walk in yesterday and the Brownells order is in. It's full of Volcourts and goodies for me and some parts for him. And he had been building an AR. So uh, he ordered the CRT stock. It's like the MOE, but it's got the cool lock on it. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? CTR. Yeah. CTR. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I grabbed it. I knew that one. He's like, yeah, one for the shop because they were on sale. Yeah, that one. And uh, one for my AR. So without even asking, I just go in the safe, grab his AR, and I install it, and I bring it over to him. He's like, great. Well, uh, while we're at it, my Vortex order is in. Go put a Crossfire 2 AR scope on that, put a Vortex cantilever mount, and have at it. So I go get all the level, level, level stuff out and put his AR in the vise and level it all up, mount the scope, give it to him. He's like, yep, feels good. Like the eye relief. Okay, it's all cool. It's illuminated. Man, I tell you what. That Vortex Crossfire 2 AR scope for $289 is amazing. Uh, that Bushnell I got from you, Adriel, that I like just aren't, I'm not fussy with the quality of the, mm-hmm. the clarity of the lens and stuff. Like, I will let that go for like 150 bucks. And I, what, 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 do you remember what I paid you? Did I pay you no. 200 for that? I didn't. Uh-uh. I don't know either. But anyway, I'm going to let it go for like cheap. 
uh, and pick up one of these. Uh, he's also got strike eagles, one to six. <gasps> oh, big red ring of death in the middle of that that's illuminated. That's yeah, like, they're really popular in three gun. Oh, man. Yeah. And it's less than 500 bucks, too. But that crossfire, I can't get over it for $289. It's a lot of glass for $289. Which portion um, are you selling? Hold on a minute. Let me do some research while you're. The right. one to four uh, yeah, non oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. Um, Sorry. Why? You thought you wanted it or what? I was. I wondered if I wanted it, but I don't. Okay. All right. Um, so then I did that one. I did his. Then I mounted scopes on two more ARs and um, an X95. Uh, all Vortex stuff, all with the Vortex cantilever mounts. Um, and then I got to work on... So I've been building two Wingmasters. One, uh, a police clone, and one, an original, like, upland one. So I brought the wood into the shop because the bluing on the receiver is done. Uh, we had to rebuild the trigger groups while we stripped them and then sandblasted them and Cerakoted them. Um, what else did we do to them? Instead, rather than refinish a barrel, I bought a brand new Wingmaster barrel, threw that on there. So Wingmaster receiver, Wingmaster barrel, vintage unused Wingmaster furniture. We're just waiting for the Cerakote to bake on. Well, I mean, it's ready now, but it wasn't ready when I left the shop. Reassemble the trigger groups, throw those in there. Um, what else? Yeah, the Wingmaster projects, I think, are going to turn out better than the Renko projects. Uh, oh, and I got uh, Volcorts and Extractors put into both of those Wingmaster uh, 870s. And then last night, I installed an M-Carbo spring kit, Volcorts and Hammer, and Volcorts and Extractor into the 597 I bought from Jeff Reese. And I installed a Lone Wolf trigger box in my Glock 34, and that's the one that has the set screw in the back to shorten the reset. It's not quite right yet. It feels very spongy. Not really crazy about it. So I'm going to work on that at some point. Adriel, how about you? What you been up to? Oh, a couple things. I sold a shadow. Uh, yes. Some lady. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, sold, sold that SPO one, uh, sold the holster that I got for it. And I, mean, I bought a shadow. Uh, this holster? A... <laughs> yeah. That one. Oh, now we can actually see it on camera. Oh, it looks so good. It uh, is good. I, it's brand new. It's nothing used. Uh, you know if your shadow two will fit? Uh, too late. Too late. I'll just get another one. It's not in the mail yet, buddy. And I don't mind stiffing the person you sold it to. <laughs> they already paid me. <laughs> don't mean I gotta ship it. Yeah. No. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll pick another one up uh, locally here. Cool. I've got I've got enough like holster stuff. I could probably like drop an offset of uh, a regular one too. Right, I'm and really keep too. in mind that this this setup right here again, just so you know, not that you really care, is not this setup legal. not typically going. Yeah, the the butt of the gun is too too low on it. Yeah, because, yeah, the offset moves the grip of the gun more than fifty millimeters away from the body. Oh, probably that too. But the the grip would probably be lower than your the top. That of the can be well. that. That's super easy to fix. It's the cant that's the problem. Mm. But yes, you're right. The butt of the gun cannot be below the top of the belt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. Okay, so anyways, yeah, I got a shadow too. So Calgary Shooting Center had some, and uh, I'm like, hey, I'm not a communist. I'll buy from you guys. And that was primarily, actually, the, the reason primarily why I bought from Calgary Shooting Center is the Alberta CFO is pretty quick, and I like that transfer will come through nice and quickly. So. Less than 24 hours quick? Yes, absolutely. All nice. the transfers I've been doing in Alberta are less than 24 hours. And I've been doing a few late recently. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> actually yeah when i called in today it was like i'm gonna buy this one i'm gonna sell this one They're like are you a business I'm like no just, you know. <laughs> no i'm I'm just an addict i'm not a business yeah, there you go <laughs> yeah i think that's the way of say, saying do you have a problem <laughs> yeah don't ever say i'm an addict when talking to cfc uh, uh yeah. true yeah okay good point i'll give you that one Trev. all right uh yeah so that happened uh yeah so i'll, I'll get to do that um I got a Wi-Fi hub, and this is not really super interesting for gun stuff, but take a look at this tiny little Wi-Fi hub. This is what I'm going to use for uh, for three gun to uh, hook up all the tablets at the start of the day. Trevor, you've got like a, a battery powered one that's really nice. This was much cheaper and yeah. much smaller. This is ten bucks. Oh geez, no, mine were not ten bucks. Mine yeah. were like eighty bucks. They're they're not. That's not much smaller than mine, but yeah, you got me on price. That's for bloody sure. Now, I mean, reliability ooh, might not be that good, but I tested it and it was fine. Like all the practice score tablets hook up to it and they all transfer their thing and, you know, they can't get access to the internet, but who cares? Those all the practice score thing, right? Mine, I just set them up for the first time last night or the mm-hmm. night before. Cause I'm taking them with me this weekend. I'm teaching my first of a string of black badges and um, they both have the same product number, but one has three different functions. The other one is just straight up whatever the, its primary function is. Are you talking about what are you talking about? Uh, a hub or the why the the cordless battery rechargeable mm. Wi-Fi hub? Huh. This one's got three functions, and I'm never going to use them. I set it up once, and that's it. Mm. Yep. <laughs> now it's it's USB powered, so technically, if I if I like drive around with my Jeep, I could leave it plugged in there, or I could get like one of those little battery packs and just like roam around and do pulls of uh, scores and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so. at the nationals this uh, in Calgary last year, that's yep. what they were using, and mm-hmm. that's they had that in their pocket along with the battery pack. Cool. So they they walked around with their master tablet, just syncing scores every once in a while. Oh, so they, it was. Yep. We yeah. do the same thing at SummerSlam. Yeah, and then, and then people can, uh, if you've got the practice score app and you're on the special crappy hub, you can pull your scores, right? And compare where you're at? Mm, depends if they have it locked down or not. There's mm-hmm. like a posting password that you can get. So I'm not sure. I probably won't do that then because I'm trying to like keep it simple, stupid, and I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to get too crazy. <laughs> no, and if you set a posting password and forget it, oh nightmare! That happened to me last mm-hmm. year with SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Was not good. It took days for them to like hack in and fix it. Mm-hmm. How they were able to? Well, I mean, there's a Russian working on it, so I guess they can hack into anything. And uh, yeah, he got in there and sorted it out. Cool. Um, I was talking to some guys on Reddit and they're like, hey, I bought some of that 760 by 54 and it seems to be corrosive. Uh, so what's going on with yours? And ours are made in different factories, but I thought I'd, I thought I'd uh, try mine again and uh, mail some of my, uh, uh, maybe I'll mail, mail some of the primers. I don't know. Is that legal? Can you can you mail primers? I don't think, not live ones. No, not live ones. Hmm. Maybe I'll strike them off on some nails, wrap them in paper and mail those. <laughs> I'll would, put some nails in the mail. <laughs> that would be a better idea. Yes. Yeah. So I, um, I, I redid my nail test with the, uh, with the 760 by 54. That's supposed to be non-corrosive. Um, and I put it in my bathroom and I took a look at them after, uh, after a, a shower and they're all coated in water. <laughs> so, so much for my test, but, some of them rusted a lot more than the other ones. 
the test ones with the corrosive salts really took on rust. Like you can probably see that right now. Oh yeah. Um, that even very those red. those ones there are very uh, very rusty. This is my test one. Uh, that's uh, uh, got that uh, that seven sixty by fifty four there. It doesn't look too bad. There's a little bit of rust where the kind of the uh, exposed metal wasn't covered in soot. Uh, but other than that, it's uh, it's not bad. Uh, and then the uh, the other test one here uh, doesn't look bad at all. So I think this confirms that these ones were corrosive, and they're they're supposed to be, and these ones are not because uh, well they did rust a little bit, and that was just because you know <laughs> they're they're practically sweating water. Um, yeah, doesn't look too bad. So so for the listeners, um, what Adriel was holding up is a, a piece of wood with four nails sticking out. That's what he has in the shower with him. Yep. That's right, <laughs> folks. If just just picture that. I, I'm not asking any more questions and I'm not staying at Adriel's house ever. <laughs> no, if just, you get like an itchy spot on your back, you just get back here with this and yeah. if you do, <laughs> Brian, watch over that cat. Ah, well yeah, okay, fair. Most yep. yeah. Most cats are evil, so that's fair. Yeah. So I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll test with that guy. I think, I think what's happened is that his lot was different than mine. Mine was made in a different factory, and uh, some were corrosive and some were non-corrosive. Uh, let's see. There's one other thing. Oh, Trevor, where'd you get your case, case gauge? And is it one of those big, bad, like hundred cases at a time or hundred rounds at a time kind of thing? I do not have a hundo. The only mm-hmm. case gauges I have are, and I'll hold it up for you to see. This is a Dylan single case gauge and apparently the dylan is known to be you're already shaking your head no uh the dylan is known to be uh not the tightest tolerance case gauge on the market so um, it's called a hundo yeah yeah Yeah. and stoger's got some yeah and and you know what their price is it's a hundred bucks (laughs) (laughs) a hundo will cost you a hundo uh i also have have egw uh case gauge for 223 Mm. my 223 stuff is fine it's just with nine millimeter I, I crank it out so i just want something that'll like check them yep mm. you could do the plunk test use your chamber no your gun. no 100 100 at a time i make like ice cream pails of this stuff i'm not checking them one at a time there's also like the hundo lines up with some like you see this um with the mtm case or something yeah hmm yeah, like there's one there. I don't know if the hundo lines up with that one or not. This is a MTM, yeah. Yeah, I got some of those. I might buy one. A hundred bucks, hey? Hmm. Yeah. Just because I've I've had a couple of failures to go into battery and it's you know, the case is messed up or the round, you know, was inserted into the case a little bit off off axis and it uh dimpled it or something like that. So ah, I gotta find this. I wonder if there's hendos in Canada. I'll look around. Or I'll, I'll, or Hundo. 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 Yeah, probably not. Hundred. Yeah. How come, how come we can't find? Oh, you know what? Fast Toys has this. A yeah, Fast Toys has this. Sweet. Fast Toys. Yes. Yeah, I've bought stuff from this guy before. I've gotten some um, timers off this guy. 100 round case gauge bear, 145 Canadian. That's pretty good. 100 US from, from the US or 145 in Canada. Yeah, yeah. I just spent one forty US, and it cost me one eighty five Canadian. Mm. Yeah, I guess I'll be buying some of these from Fast Toys. Does Sweet. he have five five six as well as um, as t- as nine mil? 
Hold on, let's see. Case gauges, case gauges. Oh, he has some anodized ore bear. No, just, well, let's see here. What other cartridges? 40, 38, super comp, and 38. Nope. Okay. 40 SWXL. What the heck is that? What's 40 Smith & Wesson XL? Do they make like a bigger version Extra of it? Extra long? Extra long in case you're running your 40 at a long length? Uh, is designed with a little bit more room for lead and coated lead rounds and is the suggested alternative to the 40L. Oh, interesting. Son yeah, I will uh, I will be ordering one of these in 9mm and it will be bare because I don't give a crap about what it looks like. Cool. So that Lone Wolf box that I put in my Glock 34, mm-hmm. that like when you press the trigger, it just takes a long time for the striker to drop. It doesn't feel right at all. It's a Gen 4 box. You can tell by the way the back is machined to fit the reduced size of the Gen 4 grip. You have a Gen 5 Glock? No, it's a Gen th- My 34 is a Gen 3. Mm. They sent me a Gen 4 box. Curses, Brownells, curses. Hmm. Oh, there you go. Anyways, that's uh, all I did, I think. I guess I'll be looking for a Shadow 2 holster. Now, should I get a Blade Tech? Should I get a Solely Canadian? Should I get a Highlander Tactical? Should I get I, a... I think... I, did you not listen to us before? I, you I, guys didn't compare them. You guys talked about... Uh, um, Highlander Tactical, if you can get his, his competition one. Otherwise, it's a pancake and outside the waistband duty type, you know? No. No duty. No. I need no. something well, for like you know, the, the Kraken stuff. though is uh it's set up for Safari Land and what else? Oh uh the one I use. Uh I can't think of the name of it now. No, not Blade Tech. Um keep going. G code. Uh, G code, yeah, that's it. The RTI hanger? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I like that RTI hanger. I got one of them. That's why I went with it because I I have my Safari Land on an RTI now, and I just want to switch out the holster and. Well, look, he is a show sponsor. He'll make you what you want. That yeah, he's he's good that way. Now that he sponsors us, yeah, yeah that's and that's the deal. <laughs> we've decided for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. huh? Cool. Yes. Okay. That's what I'm up to. I'm so, gonna Trevor, buy, uh... are you going to look after the negotiations on the sponsorship with? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll take care of it. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right, good. Awesome. So, um, what's up with Kelly? Yeah, I was just reading the comments. Somebody's asking, uh, where's Kelly? Where's Kelly? Where's Kelly this week, uh, Adriel? Uh, zombie llamas have been uh, attacking her and uh, taking small bites. Very small bites. Llamas don't, you know, they can't bite very much. No, but there's a lot of zombie llamas. There so. are a lot of them, yeah. They're taking so bites. Many small bites adds up to a lot of dead Kelly. <laughs> hmm. My money's oh, well. on Kelly. <laughs> eh. Does she have? Well, have a very small brain too, so like you got to be really accurate with your shooting. Yeah, She's so very good. Well, too. but she did buy a shadow, so mm. that's a very accurate pistol. <laughs> so yeah, possible. That was, a, that was a very smart buy. That was like super, like very has, good of her. But yeah. has the transfer gone through yet? Because the CFO no. may have cost her her life. <laughs> 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 I transferring the shadow. So we need to do a, a question on uh, or a, to- a, a main topic on, uh, you know, best nine mil rounds for your shadow for zombie llama defense. Mm. Yep. Future yeah. topic. Next yes. week. There you go. All right. No more messing with that Glock. I got to get through this show. All right. Where are we at? What are we doing? 
Um, we're going to go with uh, upcoming events now. Sounds, yeah, that sounds like the next thing on the list. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> do you want to do any of the um, uh, three-gun matches that are coming up? Yeah, well, the one, the one I wanted to mention was uh, Cold Lake just uh, posted on their Facebook group, Facebook email, email actually, uh, that their season opener is closed because of wet range conditions. We've had quite a bit of snow and uh, rain out in Alberta here, and it's uh, it's pretty nasty, and I'd imagine they have a lake going. Uh, Chaz, we've got a, a match on Saturday, and it's also probably going to be pretty wet and muddy. Um, Mighty Peace, they've got their season opener on April 21st. Uh, let's see. Valcartier is running their multi-gun on April 28th. Medicine Hat, April 28th. Lethbridge, three-gun, April 29th. And that's it for April. Okay. Um, the CFB, CFB Kingston Pistol Challenge in support of Soldier On will take place on May 5th. 9.30 to 4.30 costs us 30 bucks for members. Military, law enforcement, and guests are 50 bucks. There will be door prizes and a lunch contact base Kingston shooting club at gmail.com for details. Zero 40 North 30 members 50. Why is that repeating itself? Who put- uh, just because it is zero 40 North. What does that even mean? Anyway, you need frangible ammo. Yeah. Um, update on the Ferlati class. We have a range. Did you guys talk about this last week? Okay. mentioned that it was going to be at St. Paul. All right. And we still have some spots left. So if you're interested, uh, let us know. Uh, got your six shoot registration is open and the website is up. Do we know who, what, when, where on the got your six? Where's it going to be, et cetera? Chaz. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. And I don't what know is when. It? I don't know when. It'll be on the website. Okay. What kind of shoot is it? Like long range. Okay. Cool. Is it always that, or do they switch it around? I think it's always been long range. I'm not sure if uh, what kind of long range. I think it's like a, a PRS style. I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah, something like that. That's that's what I've seen in the past. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, third annual Ronnie DeGroote Memorial Steel Challenge. Registration for that is open on practice score. And only 60 spots. I'll probably take more than that, but anyway. As far as practice scores concerned, there's only 60. Um, so you can go over there and sign up for that. <clears throat> it's at the Rescue Gun Club on June 2nd. The 8th Annual Podcast Network Charity Shoot. Uh, there's been a cancellation for the Fralacci Pistol Class on, uh, what's that? That's the first day. That's July 5th on Thursday. So there's 14 spot or there's a, yeah, one spot open. Uh, so if you're interested, please uh, get in touch with us so we can add your name to the list because um, that's money um, that the kids need for breakfast. What else is going on? Um, yeah, that's all we, we got really. We'll cover that in more detail another time. Oh, the pub night uh, for, um, for Lachi. Oh, uh, wait. Brewster's West Edmonton. Yeah. All right. Hold on. So let me take out the italics because even though I'm not reading it out loud, I am reading it, which is messing me all the way up. Okay. So um, the Thursday, July 13th. Well, this is Friday 13th. It's not. Which day is it? Trainwreck. Yeah. It's Thursday because, of course, it's 14th and 15th. 
So it'll be Thursday night, July 13th at Brewster's in West Edmonton. It's going to be a slam fire slash CCFR pub night. We had a lot of fun last year, didn't we, Adriel? At the pub? Yeah. That's yeah. what we're talking about. There was a ton the of people night. that showed up. We set up this people. table and then more people came and more people came. We kept adding tables to it. I think we're going to have to get like a really big table this time. Well, I think maybe we should actually reserve. So um, if you know you're going to attend the pub night, Brewster's West Edmonton, July 13th, it's Thursday. Uh, maybe you should RSVP and we can uh, let the pub know we're coming so we Ooh, can yeah. all be in the same area. Yeah. And the Fralacci handgun fundamentals, 1415. There's still room there to sign up as well. And we are going to be at um, Raptor 1. Is that what it's called? No, Raptor 5B. Rafter 5B. How could I forget that? It's such an easy name to remember. It's not random or nothing. Rafter 5B. Yep. And that is uh, near St. Paul, correct? Yeah. Well, uh, for anyone who needs, we've, I've, we, we have the letter of invite, I think, ready to rock and roll. I can't remember. We're, we're probably ready to rock and roll on that. So we'll just send that out to everyone because it's got all the, um, like, it's got the directions in a couple of different ways. Right. And, um, for those of you that weren't there the first year when we did the class, it is, um, camping is available, rough camping. There's a field, bring your tent, trailer, whatever. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Right next to the range. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's jump into some news. Adriel, do you want to take this, uh, this first one? Who put that in? Yeah, I think we all, we all know about it. Yeah. Uh, this is the, um, uh, uh, farmer that got charged. Um, so he got off from, uh, uh, from his, uh, murder or manslaughter charge. Uh, but Gerald, uh, Gerald, Gerald Stanley, uh, got nailed on, uh, unsafe storage. Uh, he's going to pay a $3,000 fine. And I think he said he was going to give up all his guns anyways, but they're, you know, going to make sure that he I'll take those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically he got charged with unsafe storage for several, of the firearms he had in his home since they were not locked up and didn't have trigger locks. The crown dropped the charge of the unsafe storage of the restricted handgun, the one in, in his shed. Cause that is not the prescribed way to store a restricted firearm in Canada. Just um, in an outbuilding, just kind of hanging out, sitting on a shelf. Out, so, yeah. And, and basically he said, you know, he never wants to have a gun again anyway. So, uh, you know, I can sort of understand that this, this was not a, a happy fun incident for anybody involved. Um, you know, everyone who is involved in this lost. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying I'd make the same decision, but who am I to judge him to, to be making the wrong decision about that? I'm not saying I make the same decision either, but I'm saying that if I had all of this negative media attention, thrust upon me, I may say some politically correct things too to make them go away. That's all I'm going to say about that. So. There is that side of life. I yes. understand. All right. Um, new gun stuff. Wolverine, go ahead, Adriel. Yeah, they announced their uh, WK-308A. So they, they they talked about this a little bit on our show first, if I might add. Yeah, yeah, yeah so this is really not yeah. new. This is old news now. Cause yeah, <laughs> if, you're a slam, if you're a loyal Slamfire listener, you already knew this. Yes. Yeah, uh, but they brought it up on the uh, on Canada Gun Nuts. So uh, I believe they're going to do similar to what they did with their um, 
uh, with their previous releases and give lots and lots of info. Now, keep in mind, this is still pretty far away because they're going to, you know, still f- focus on the WK uh, 180C. But, uh, you know, <laughs> once the, they've satiated the market with uh, thousands of those, <laughs> they'll get onto the 308 version. I have a question. Why is it Kelly can't be on the show, but she can be trolling us in the comments on Facebook? <laughs> what, what's, what is up with that? Hey, well, sort, now of you're asking her. Yeah. sort of shows a lack of commitment, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. It's beginning to doubt her commitment to sparkle motion. Yeah. 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 It's not. It's not good. No. No. Slacking. Yeah. Tradex has a bunch of uh, Citadel uh, Garand barrels in stock for two sixty nine. That's good. That's a good price. If you're sitting out there with uh, with an M one Garand and uh, the barrel shot out two sixty nine, I th- believe when you install these, you need to do f- uh, a final reaming on them uh, with a pull through. But uh, that's a damn good price for a barrel. Uh, we got to go back and fix something. I'm glad what? Kelly's trolling us in the in the uh, notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pub night is on Thursday. The twelfth, Friday the thirteenth, is the day that we will be traveling to. Um, well, the range, get ready yeah. for our class next day. So, you, listeners, I apologize and thank you to Kelly. Friday is the thirteenth, but the pub night is on Thursday night, July twelfth. Okay, we're like three months away. I'm sure it's okay. You know, you <laughs> could have just corrected that without giving her credit. Like, I know, I know, but like, come on. Give credit where credit is due. I mean, yes, she hates the listeners. Yes, she's unreliable. Yes, she's trolling <laughs> us in the comments. But darn it, she can read a calendar. Okay, fair. Wow. Truth. Truth. I Back. see what you did there. Well done. <laughs> Back of the hand. Compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Adriel, this Tradex hey. thing. It's too bad you didn't know about that before you sold your Garand with the, you know, roached barrel. You know what? That guy who bought it from me, just shooting it like it as is, put a wood stock on it, says it's shooting great and is not replacing the barrel. Really? Yep. Wow. So, I always said that it shot, it shot really nice, right? Well, sure. So maybe yeah. it's like, eh, you know, the barrel looks like looks like trash but it shoots really good so who cares well hey it's like uh snuffleupagus has a colt 1911 with a broken extractor and no one told the gun because it just runs (laughs) (laughs) sorry not extractor ejector the ejector is sheared off broken gone the only part that's left is the part that's pinned into the frame but nobody told the gun and (laughs) the gun just keeps chugging along it just spits out brass okay cool Uh uh-huh all right. Cool. Anyways, yeah, those are those are in country. That's good that you know those are those have been hard to find recently. Yeah, like Kelly, hard to find recently. Mm. There you go. Um, this this next one breaks my heart. S and J brought in a bunch of wood USGI M14 stocks, and they rated them from tier one to like tier three. Um, and it had to do with the quality and consistency of the markings, uh, whether or not they were, you know, scratch and dented kind of thing. None of them were broken. None of them needed repair, but some were a little, uh, the condition varied and the tier one, there was only like six of them. And I don't know how many tier twos, but anyway, we're down to the tier threes 
And if you want one that you don't mind refinishing, uh, you know, for 79 bucks plus tax and shipping, <laughs> an original USGI stock, take that Narinko Chinesium black plastic, throw that in the trash, put that USGI on there. Man, if it was a pay week, uh, I'd be all over that. Now, for the listeners, if if they wanted to buy one of the crappy stocks and need to be refinished, Trevor, is there some place they could send that stock to be professionally redone? <laughs> they could actually. A little place I work called DC Armory Gunsmith. Yeah, they'd be more than we'd be more than happy to hook you up. Yeah, would they have to have you do the refinishing, or can they, they request that, or can they request you not touch it? You know what? We get both. We got Muffin who says, don't let Furlot touch my stuff. And I, here I am working on Filthy's guns. So, oh, that's another thing I started. I'm working on Filthy's high power. Oh, my goodness. That's all I can say. Fair enough. I have a whole new disdain. I've developed a whole new disdain for the high power. Not a fan. Of, like, disassembling it was no fun. I'm not looking forward to reassembling it after I repair the work stuff. that was done to it. <laughs> The stuff you broke on the way out. <laughs> so, no, no, no. I'm going to undo what the previous uh, gunsmith did. Now, that previous gunsmith turned out to be an amazing gunsmith who does some amazing M14 work, but everybody has to start somewhere, and he started with Filthy's High Power. What he did to it was actually something to behold. It had the uh, tangent rear sight, et cetera. That was all milled off. But then he decided to, st I'm going to use air quotes here, stipple the top of the slide and all that stippling has to be removed. And the pit the, we actually have to fill some of the holes with weld first. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then we've got to blend it all and parkerize it or blue it. I think that comes blue actually. <clears throat> it, wow. won't look right, it won't look right blue though. It'll be like a deep, rich, you know, Winchester rifle blued. It, it's, it needs to be parkerized. We'll talk to Filthy see what he wants. Just hit it with I some told rattle, rattle can, whatever you got handy. Rattle can is your nice answer for everything. Thing. We're talking about restoring a high power now. Stop it. Nice. No, it's filthy. It has to be Cerakoted white. That's what Stormtroopers use. Fair, fair. Yeah. Um, Adriel, you want to take the one from Spec Spe Spectre Ballistics? They've got, yeah, I'm going to buy one of these. <laughs> They've got okay. an Ambi AR-15 uh, charging handle. Uh, so the fact that it's Ambi, like, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not left-handed, but it's bigger. <laughs> so it's got a, a lot bigger of a, a bearing surface to grab onto. 53 bucks. Yeah. If they're at all decent, then that is a steal. This looks yeah. like uh, a... Uh, looks like a Rainier's. Yeah, it looks like a yeah. clone of the Raptor. Yeah, in fact, I'm sure it is a Raptor ripoff. Um, but at 53 bucks... I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, how often do you use your charging handle? Not that much. It's uh, that and much. when I have used it, I've really, really wanted a bigger one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Got a stuck, uh, a stuck case uh, at my last match. And I would have really liked a larger charging handle to grab onto instead of yeah. having to mortar the stupid thing. But yeah. But if you just had gone to mortar right off the bat, problem solved. Yeah. True. That's that's not that shouldn't be your your like mo. It's like I've got a jam. Time to mortar it. <laughs> well, hell yeah, you know what's going on. You should yeah, like no. rack. You got to go through your your proper uh, remedials. Okay, but right? if, if you know that you have a hard extraction, tapping and racking. Well, you get to the rack part and you go, oh, it's not racking. <laughs> Time to mortar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's your next step. Oh, <laughs> doesn't rack. Okay, and collapse your buttstock, people. Just yes, collapse, that's, please. 
Just no, put your fingers on the buffer tube while you're hitting it down, <laughs> and it, the rifle will automatically collapse on your finger. <laughs> I know, Brian. I would completely forget to collapse that stock. Oh, yeah. Um, but you only have to shatter a stock once, and then you won't forget again. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, Or um, you've seen the video where the guy, like, pinches his finger on it, and he can't get his finger out, right? No. No. Oh, well, right. check, check YouTube later. The guy mortars it. His butt stock collapses onto his finger and jams on there and will not let go of his finger. <laughs> oh, 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 painful. That's oh. worse than broken. St- yeah. Okay. Either or no, don't always collapse your stock. Yeah. 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 For sure. Learn from other people's mistakes. Yes. All right. Who's got the next one? Arms East. Uh, I'll take this one. So arms East it has a sale on all stag rifles. Apparently the, the ones they have in stock, um, which is fine. Stag makes decent rifles. Nothing wrong yeah, with Stag. I, I would love to get my hands on like a 16 and a half inch Stag. And, and Stag is one of the, I might be the only manufacturer I know of that makes a left-handed upper. Correct. So, well, correct. They make one. I don't know if it's the only one, but they really, um, they got all out there with the advertising. They'll let the world know. Yes. So I, I'm a big fan of that. So, So why have you never tried it? I've just haven't needed to buy an upper. Like I just, yeah, I don't know. I've never, I've never seen just a stripped upper for sale. As you know, I'm snobby about barrels and stuff. So, mm. so yeah. they're, they're selling complete uppers. Yeah. I, well, I'm not sure if that, I've, you know again, you... I've never seen a stripped upper, an, a stripped stag upper for, for sale. If I saw one, I would grab it. So you could, um, sell the parts off it i could but that takes more effort than i'm interested Fair. In. all right yeah very good okay stag rifles on sale in front in newfoundland arms east is in newfoundland so you they know, are absolutely I'll probably buy a rifle and get a bottle of screech it's possible you could probably ask them just uh, now can that go across the border that's the question. Oh, don't even it's way too soon <laughs> trigger, <laughs> trigger warning We'll come back to that later in the oh, after show. Yeah. Yes, a- absolutely. Okay, who wants to talk about True North Arms and a waterproof copy of the Maccabee FRT? I just want to know why I they put wanted one on the fidget spinner. They got on the picture there. If they could yeah. like micro etch it on there, because I'm always going to have the fidget spinner on me anyways. True. No, you're not. I'm never going to have this little waterproof card. Why are you going to have a fidget spinner? You're not no. 12. Whew. He's 12 inside. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> spinner's like 2016 or something. No, I was going to uh, mount it on the Picatinny rail for the rifle. Anyway, can we go and talk about this thing instead of the fidget spinner, please? Because well, listeners they... who can't watch the show don't see the fidget spinner. All right. Fine. Anyway, so the FRT report, the True North Arms has paper copies that they have laminated and they'll mail to you for free. Um, I, I guess this is a thing. I don't know. It's kind of a fun little thing to do. I whatever. It's kind of a fun little thing to do. I mean, some of yeah. the guys want to carry something around with that rifle so that when they get pulled over by the cops, they're not like, "Why do you got an Air 15?" Be like, "Actually, that's not an Air 15, my good sir. You'll notice over here." I just got a card. It's easier. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Anything else? Or are we ready to jump into our main topic? Let's, Let's go. go to the topic. All right, so for this week's topic, we put on Facebook. We thought it was just going to be Brian and I, and we could really wreck stuff and run things off the rails because, one, he's a temp, and two, I don't care, and I like to watch the world burn. 
then Adriel was like, you guys aren't doing that without me. He didn't really say that, but I know he was thinking it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, tonight's episode, Brian and Trevor answer your questions. It's an Ask Us Anything episode. Post your questions here before 6 p.m., and we will read them live on the air. That is what I wrote on Facebook, kids. And we got a slew of questions and a whole bunch of hanger-ons and, and uh, comments. And anyway, I went through and I deleted everything that wasn't a, a question so that we could get through this quickly. Okay, so... First question comes to us from uh, Chuck Wagon in Nova Scotia, and he says, shooting classic division, what bullet did you prefer, the 125 grain or the 147 grain? Much of a difference in muzzle flip, lift, flip velocity? Uh, well, Charlie, um, truth be told, I have not shot anything in classic yet other than 125 grain. I just rolled up some 147 test loads. What I would like to do is stop reloading and just buy ammo from X-Metal and compare their 147 grain factory ammo and their 124 grain factory ammo, uh, see which one groups better and see which one has, uh, if at all, noticeable um, muzzle rise. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, actually. I got some test loads. I'm all at a 125 grain, and I uh, my sponsorship deal came with some 147, so... It'll be 147 probably. Whether I buy or load remains to be seen. Okay, Jason Philp says, is there an optimum width front sight side post pistol rifle shotgun? Okay, so let's fill in the blanks here. He wants to know if there's an optimum width front sight sight post for a pistol sight, a rifle sight, and a shotgun. Um, I can only speak to pistol and the relationship between the front sight and the rear notch. It depends on the game you're playing. Um, yeah, there's an optimal width for steel. There's an optimal width for precision. There's an optimal width for, um, practical shooting where you're shooting targets close and fast. And, uh, I would say the widest, one of those three would be for your up-close targets for practical shooting where super precision isn't required because you're close and um, the wider the front uh, the notch is, the faster you're going to find the front blade in that notch. So steel would be somewhere in between that and precision or bullseye, which would probably be the tightest. You guys, am I so, on? So track? the answer is no, there's not an optimal. There you go. Next question. <clears throat> okay. Well, really, no, it's, it's like you say, it's, it's going to depend on what you're doing. It's mm -hmm. going to depend on your eyes and Get that too. And it's going to depend on the distance you're shooting. So yep. there's not an, a single optimal for any, anything. Correct. Uh, Tim Crosno asks how many aggressive honeybees will air Canada allow on a flight to New Brunswick or should I just mail them to Trevor asking for a friend? Oh, oh, sorry. Let me refer. Or should they just be mailed to Trevor asking for a friend? Um, yes. You could probably order those through Amazon. So I bet you could order those direct to his house. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, your, yeah. your friend is a Richard. Yes. Uh, I don't know how you get the aggressive versus the passive honeybees, but I'm not a bee guy. So Africanized. Uh, Africanized. Yes. There you go. Yep. Um, some... Adriel Mishad. 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 Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? 
definitely one horse sized duck. I, you know, oh, I don't I know. Ass you up. <laughs> yeah, about, like a horse is a big, a big animal. Mm-hmm. I could take on a lot of ducks. Oh, uh, a horse is the size of a duck. Yeah, <sighs> horse sized duck. Well, I'm not gonna fight fair. True. I mean, I'm gonna like shoot it. <laughs> yeah, there's that. I mean, you take one, you know, moose caliber rifle, and you're you've got the horse size. No, devil. this is fight. This isn't like shoot, Look, hunt, and kill. This is that's fight. no, no. That's fighting. People fight yep, with guns. They do right. that. One of my <laughs> best friends in university was like into jujitsu and stuff, and we used to grapple a lot. And I always used to tell him, you know, if this ever gets real, I'm just going to shoot you. That was yeah. always my fallback. Yeah, and uh, this, this applies to the horse sized duck. The yeah. horse-sized duck ambushes you in an alley. A hundred duck-sized horses ambush me in an alley. You got. I think okay. you got the 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 duck-sized horses. You got. They're small. You just step on them. No problem. You punt uh, okay. them around like footballs. Wow. Yes. We are spending way too much of my time on this question. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tom says, "Is the CZ Omega trigger actually any better than the normal one?" on a CZ-75B. Thomas, as someone who has shot regular CZ-75s, Shadows, Shadow 2s, and this piece of crap 75B with the Omega, I can tell you that the 75B with the Omega trigger is the worst product CZ has ever made and unleashed onto the market. The Omega trigger is garbage compared to the rest of them. There's nothing, it has no redeeming qualities. It has a drop safety. So it makes the double action trigger pull longer and heavier. And the Omega bar is different from the regular two-sided CZ-75 bar. Um, The reset is longer than any other CZ-75. The single action is creepy. Uh, It's as creepy as Uncle uh, Brian. Uh, It's just... It's it's awful. Hmm. Awful. Awful. Thank God they didn't manage to mess up the ergonomics. But the Omega trigger... Is garbage. There you go. All right, next. Tim Crosno. Uh, I have a carabine buffer in a 20th rifle length upper. Well, there's your problem. What? Carry on. All right. (laughs) Uh, He's occasionally getting a failure to feed, and he's always getting a failure to lock back on an empty mag. Uh, Does he use a buffer spring with a lower K value or a different buffer? If a different buffer, which one? Um, Tim, based on my recent experience, I'm going to tell you to replace your gas tube. That's that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem right there. That's the well, problem. it could it could be. Um, you know, I have several I rifles. buffer. It could, yeah, I yeah. and I don't know the weight of the buffers I have in my uh, rifles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty easy to make a 20 inch rifle work with a carbine length buffer, and, well, and maybe as heavy. He might have a heavy. He might have. Uh, I. I'm not sure. Maybe an H2 works fine. I don't have a scale at home to actually weigh the the buffers that I have. Um, I've got an H2 and an H and a scale and a regular one. I should weigh them all for fun and report back next week. Yeah, I've yeah. got a standard and H1, H2. Wait. Yeah. All right. This but, is the guy who wants but to. That's okay. But are you running them with a 20 inch gas system on an AR? Um, I'm running a regular weight buffer 
in my SLR build, which has got a rifle length barrel, but a mid length gas system. So have you function tested that? Well, of course not. I don't have the upper and lower yet. So that's not really all that valid. <laughs> okay. Well, how about, uh, how about my three gun rifle? Oh, there you go. It's a rifle length barrel, a rifle length gas system, and a spikes tactical regular, regular weight buffer. What's the, what's the, um, what's rifle length for the barrel mean? Like 18, oh, 18 the, gas, yeah. The, yeah. the gas system length. Yeah, so. both. The, well, the barrel is 18, and the gas system length is quote-unquote rifle length. Hmm. Yeah. I should put my H2 in there and see what happens. I bet you it just coughs up all over the place. It's going to short stroke is what it's going to do. It's not going to have enough, enough gas to drive that heavy buffer back, which is, I suspect, what Tim's problem is. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I it might be an H, an H buffer. I mean, what's a or a carbine buffer should work either or. It it should be pretty forgiving with the the rifle length system because the gas impinge the gas pressure is pretty low. I would I would really be inclined to say check your gas tube. I have a bent one. You can I'll send to you, Tim. <laughs> you could straighten it right out. It'll be fine. Straighten it out and put a put a pipe cleaner down there. And see see what comes out. I've so, been uh, I've been posting some links on the side there. You can mail people uh, eighteen thousand ladybugs, uh, praying mantis eggs that'll hatch like a thousand of them, five thousand predatory mites. You can like mail people a ridiculous amount of weird bugs. Can can I mail black widows to Texas? Who probably not. They probably already have black widows. Yeah. Crosnell's just- listening live right now, and he says that he has a, uh, I have a typical carbine weight buffer. Yeah, I I would think then, honestly, it's probably a gas thing. Maybe maybe his gas his gas block isn't lined Shifted. up properly. Yeah, yeah, that that. So I think it's probably gas, not carbine, not buffer weight, uh, Tim, or uh, buffer spring. And if I remember correctly, he's using factory ammo, so it's yeah. not like, all right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, who's got the next one from Tommy? Oh, Brian, you should take the next one. I, w- I will take this from Tom Hengry. How long with Brian with a Y be a co host? Should I unsubscribe to MMR? Uh, <laughs> a modern rifleman radio. Hopefully, Matthew's doing well and will return soon. Okay. I'm going to re- answer these in reverse order. Uh, I don't care about Matthew. Why unsubscribe? It's not hurting you to be subscribed. Someday there might be an episode. You never know. A little, a little. Easter egg will show up in your feed. I can't answer the question about co-hosting because I'm, I keep being told almost weekly by Trevor. You're only here for a short time. Don't get used to it. You're only here for a short time. Don't get used to it. I just don't remember. If to I keep told you you sharp and uh, focused. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's I. I did get a message on early, edge. an early morning Monday morning. Your services will not be required this week. <laughs> <I do. laughs> at least, at least it was this week when Matthew and I got told our services were no longer required. It had a more permanent ring to it. But that was right after you sent a message that said we quit. <laughs> so no, uh, it was we quit after this date. Oh. Okay. Like, well, no, whatever. You quit now, bitches, you're gone. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes. That's a pro yeah. move. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Brent, that's not a question. 100 duck, oh, 100 duck sized clowns or one clown sized duck? 
<sighs> Trevor's going for the one duck because it's no clowns. <laughs> that's, that's what he wants. Yeah. Or yeah. would you enjoy swatting 100 clowns? Oh, but I would enjoy eating a duck the size of a clown. It's a lot of meat on that thing. I went straight to like how many. How what many do they taste like? What are the duck is amazing. Like? Probably tastes funny. Oh. It's probably a, got the latex in there. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Walk into a wall for me, would you? Okay. Michael Loberg <laughs> says, what's the hang-up game? I immediately checked my phone. Michael and I have spoken on the on the phone a couple of times. And I immediately checked my phone to see if I added him to my contacts so I could demonstrate for him what the hang-up game was, but I did not have it. So, yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah, Mark McClain. Yeah, you got to figure it out, folks. You just, if... Once yeah, you it's amazing it, how much difficulty some people have with it, eh, Brian? Yeah, I know. I, yeah. I don't understand. Anyway. All right, Mark McClain. Anybody? Uh, okay, I'll, t- I'll I'll read it anyway. Uh, five five six bullet weights versus barrel twist rates. I am new to the five five six and I'm going to start hand loading them. What types of shooting I do are similar to what you guys do. So, what is your favorite recipe for five five six? Cheap, First of all, cheap yeah. and by the thousand. Yeah. Uh, rule of thumb: the faster the twist rate, the heavier the bullet. Or the longer the bullet, the faster the twist weight is required. Or just get a one and eight and call it a day. Yeah, you can pretty much do anything with a one and eight. Get a one and seven, you can definitely do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like one and eight is fine. My NEA was a one and seven, and it would shoot 55 grain like nobody's business. Yeah. Yeah. That's just stay away from the one and nine, one and 10, one and 12. I mean, rare to find a one and 12 these days, but they are out there. Uh, A lot of people are like, oh, I'd like to get a one and nine, then I can shoot 55 grain. Well, you can shoot fifty-five grain out of the faster twists. That's fine. Yeah, and and honestly, we've we've we beat this horse to death last time. But there's not a lot. A lot of people who are loading fifty-five grain are not loading fifty-five grain match bullets, so they're not right. really all that accurate anyway. No matter how how you spin them. So, Adriel, if you want to take Sion, so just buy it by the thousand. I don't actually have the Facebook open. Okay, so, so he yeah. says, what is the likelihood of C seventy-one passing in its current form? And following that, what? W- okay, well, let's start with that. Uh, the likelihood is um, the threat 100%. is you know, 100%. Yeah. 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 If what you can get you... higher than 100, we'll get that. That's exactly. Yeah. yeah. Majority government, right? So it's going to yeah. pass in its current form. No fans or butts. What would you expect? Yeah. What would you expect compliance levels to be? Um, I expect all gunning, gu- law-abiding gun owners to follow all laws all the time. Uh, also, how bad of an idea would it be to register a bunch of non-existent CZ858s and call them and then call in transfers of them between a large group of people every few days just to delegitimize the totally not a registry registry data? Well, that's not going to work because when you're, According to the current system, when you call to transfer these non-restricted guns between people, they're not going to ask you for the information about the gun. So you could call in a bunch and like really rack up their costs and make call times like really long for everyone else who's trying to transfer real guns. But aren't aren't 858s going to go on the prohib list as part of the C71? Right. So they'll be tracked anyways. Yeah. I mean, I've I've thought about it. you know, just the, the calling in and uh, um, calling in like an inordinate amount of transfers. Um, there's something to be said about having the program be an enormous financial failure. 
Um, the first one was an enormous oh. financial failure, and it didn't stop them from yeah, bringing yeah, back another one. The well, eventually, government. Eventually. They, don't, they don't care if it's a failure no, financially. No, not at all. No. No. And I, you know what? Pretty I got a job. Uh, Trevor, you got a job. Adriel, yeah. you got a job. Uh, and and my taxes are paying for this crap. How much time are we supposed to spend away from our job calling the government with right. prank phone calls? Yeah. Well, your, your taxes are paying for a lot of other crap that's totally useless. Yeah, well, this is a crap to defend. <laughs> Listen, I, I pay a lot of taxes, and I have to work hard to be able to pay those. So I, I don't have time for this nonsense. No, that's right. Yeah. Tro- so uh, Troy says, Trevor for a lot. If God is all-powerful, can he create a rock so large that he himself can't lift it? Um, nothing comes from nothing, Troy. That's my answer to that. There you go. Awesome. Kim Shan, it is too bad it is not a call-in show. If it was, we could take bets on how soon before Trevor hung up on someone. You guys want to stand by? I'm going to call Kim and hang up on her. Uh, I'm it, could, with... it could be a call-in show. Like we it could, could be a call-in show. Yeah. yeah, I told her she knows how to reach me. Uh, honest, Brian, honest, you got a Facebook open? Uh, yes, I do. All right, take over. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead with Ernie here. Of the shooting sports, which is closest to a possible real-life situation minus the incoming lead, of course? None. None. <laughs> yeah, that's why they're fun. Um, like, yeah. seriously, I don't want to get in a gunfight. I'm not interested in gunfighting. Not not my thing. I mean, um, so I, IDPA is is kind of close because you have to, like, re- reload behind cover and that kind of thing. But, um, like, even it has its gamers. There's still people who game IDPA. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go in a different uh, direction. I think Sporting Clays is the closest to a real-life situation. Ooh, it's closest yeah, to, like, yeah. real hunting, in my opinion. But that's a real situation. I. Mm-hmm. I other than that, in, in terms of a martial, uh, a game that f- closely emulates a martial contest, yeah, no. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I like your Sporting Clays one because then at least, I, I bet if you, you were like awesome at Sporting Clays, you could probably punch a duck pretty pretty quick. Yeah, you'd, you'd think, yeah. So yeah. from that, from that, yeah, okay, let's go with that one. Any of the uh, other ones? Any of the rifle ones? No, no. I can think of. No, none of them that are going to save your butt. It's it's interesting. I I was talking with a friend today about it, and a lot of what we have for shooting sports now were initially devised as ways to do training, but then they morphed into sports and games. Yeah, and that's that's just seems to be the way things go. Um, we we reap the benefits those of us who are sports shooters because we get to participate in those sports and play those games, and it's a lot of fun. But we're not learning how to fight. We're not learning how to kill people. We're just learning how to shoot fast and accurately or some combination thereof. Mm-hmm. And it's a heck of a lot of fun. You meet a lot of cool people and you just have, it's, it's a reason to get out and do awesome, cool things and be better with your firearms. So, yep. All right, cool. Brian sheets. What would you rather have a person with a $200 gun and $200 in training or a $1,200 gun and zero in training in a $200 gun as your club as a member. And lastly on your friends list, I'm, I'm okay with either or on my friends list. I would much rather have people with training though. If I'm, yeah, the training makes much of a much bigger difference. And uh, that person's going to win the match not the person with the $1,200 gun. Now, that being said, I'm not going to be upset with somebody who's new and drops $1,200 on their first gun. Nope. And then if they come out with a learning attitude, 
that's what really matters. I don't, I don't really care what they're using one way or the other. If it's a $200 high point or a $3,000 open Ipsic rig and, or a $10,000 precision bolt gun, don't care. Yeah. Well, I mean, Just, he mentioned $1,200. I mean, that's right around the price of a Shadow 2, which would be a better choice than like a, a 75 Omega or something like that, right? Or, yeah. No, yeah. or uh, some other oh. crap. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. All right. Um. All right. Uh, you know what? I'm going to skip... Uh, this next one from Ernie until uh, Trevor comes back just cause. Yeah. All right. Jeff Young, where do birds go at night? <laughs> Depends on the bird. I mean, some of them go to clubs, some of them hang out in trees. Some of, some them... of them go to my house and go on the barbecue. Yes. Some yeah. of them do that. Yeah. yeah. Some of them go in ponds, fields. Yeah. They're golf, you know... golf courses. You know, birds are not like of a hive mind. They don't all do the same thing. They're not Borg. They're birds. It's mm. different. Different. Um, okay. From Brendan, if Trevor was to walk from walk to Alberta on a blown calf, how long would it take? Or would he rage quit in Quebec? He wouldn't make it to the end of his street before he rage quit. <laughs> quit. Like, <laughs> mostly because trying to walk across provinces is... Um, dumb unless you well, have a New Brunswick's big, not that big yeah no but still unless it there's a really good reason um but no i'm not walking across provinces so no we it's it's 2018 we have air travel now so what about pei oh well you, you do that by accident <laughs> you, just, you take a wrong <laughs> turn and you've gone across <laughs> that province yeah it's tiny uh brad smith optics on handguns like don't like them for competition. Adriel, let's take that one in. Oh, in man. Tow. I would, I would run a, I would run an optic in competition if it didn't put me in another class and make me buy a bunch more expensive stuff. So I like, I like, uh, tack ops, the, the division in three gun because it's inexpensive and it's the right amount of stuff for me for, for what I want to pay. If I had to go open, I'd have to get an open pistol, open pistols there yeah, four grand. Uh, I'd have to get the red dot. I have to get the mount. There goes another five, six, seven hundred bucks. Um, and then I'd have to probably get a fancy shotgun and I'd probably have to add another like maybe like a, a 45 degree offset red dot on my rifle and I'd get a divorce and uh, I'd live in by myself. So <laughs> yeah. which, which honestly, we all live in fear of. As as husbands anyway. <laughs> okay, now here here's a question: If if you're shooting just in a pure pistol sport and you're you're shooting carry optics, so then all everybody else is shooting carry optics as well. Why would you switch to carry optics where you're then competing against other other people with carry optics? You're not getting an advantage on people shooting iron sights. Would you do it just because it's fun, or like oh, what are some reasons yeah. why people would do that? Well, uh, it's carry optics because like that's kind of the way things are going. It's like, yeah, you know what? If you if you were a, a a cop or in the military and you had to use your pistol a lot, you would probably put a red dot on it. You'd probably want to be able to like it, shoot yes. that. Like if if like, and this is not a real uh, uh, circumstance, right? Because put it having a red dot on a pistol makes it a higher performing uh, uh, weapon. So yeah. I th like. If if carry optics was like a really popular division out here, I would probably run an, a, a pistol with a, a red dot on it because that's a, it seems fun and uh, it's not that much money and uh, yeah, I would do that. Yeah, um, yeah. No, you brought, 
Oh, you ahead, brought Brian. up a point though. If you were in, um, if you were in a martial sense, a police, military, where uh, you are in a competition with somebody else and it's win or lose, and and that you're not stuck in a division where everybody's going to have the same equipment, you can have a, an equipment advantage. Then it makes sense. But from a sporting point of view, is you might do it, you might not. There's no real big advantage to it unless you have like say bad eyes, right? Which you is get to the point where you can't see the front sight very well. Mm-hmm. So yep. you might just enjoy the sport more by by going going that route. Um, it's also having shot both open division and iron sights. Uh, carry optics is good for someone who is cross eye dominant because they can shoot with both eyes open. They no longer have to pick a hand or pick your eye or close close one eye or put. I just keep my chin on my right, like I'm I'm cross eye dominant, and when I'm when I'm shooting, rather than keeping my head centered or off the side, I actually push it off to the right so that my left eye is looking down the the sights of the pistol. Yeah, my left eye looks on the side of the pistol, but I don't move my head. I move the gun mm. and that happened from a year of shooting with both eyes open with an optic when i switched back to iron sights uh, the muscle memory just would pull the gun under my left eye so you're going to have better form doing that you're not going to twist anything around in awkward positions you may not be able to get yourself in that position that you turn your head or whatever um I, I, I think it's great. Uh, I'm going to get Adriel's FN, and when I do, I'm going to put an optic on it like we did for uh, Chris Kingston's at the shop. And you don't need an open gun in three gun. If you put an optic on your pistol, it doesn't have to be a full-blown race pistol. Very few guys, I think, even shooting at the top level are shooting actual open pistols. They're starting three. to... They're starting to go to the um, 2011 style uh, pistols. Yeah, sure. That's that's not an open gun. What's that? Doesn't make it an open gun. No, it doesn't until you get the uh, compensator and all that kind of stuff. And in, right. in, in open for three gun, they're starting to do that kind of stuff. It's not enough pistol to bother justify. You can't justify a four thousand dollar pistol when you shoot it like ten percent of the time. Why? But why do you have to justify it? Well, you don't, but I mean, very few people are going to spend $4,000 on a pistol. They're only going to use 10% of the match. I, I agree. Uh, However, but then you get that competitive advantage. <laughs> okay, I'm one of the people who's going to do that, and none of other people are going to do it. So I have a mechanical advantage. You don't, though. Like, for, well, the amount, for the amount of pistol shooting you're shooting, you're not going to blow everybody away with your open gun because the value of that part of the stage isn't enough to it depends on the match so on a match with some really long range targets or something Mm -hmm. where an open gun is going to give you a big advantage maybe but uh, it really depends on the match and the match style the the close like hoser kind of targets anything's going to be fine and and honestly trevor it it will become an advantage when you get when you start running an open gun in uh, your three gun match and you design the stages because you will design the stages to work with your equipment no i did that only for shotgun <laughs> so far, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know enough about the pistol to know it's, it's pointless. Plus, when because we're such a strong pistol province and only have maybe three three gun matches a year, we go heavy on pistol or on uh, rifle and shotgun. Well, okay, but that's that's your bias based on what yeah. you're doing. If yeah, that's right. Different matches, so. different setup, different ways. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. So. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's go back up. Um. And talk about 
uh, Black Badge uh, from Ernie. I've um, heard Slamfire Radio say that the Black Badge course is not or shouldn't be a fundamentals course, but others disagree. Should I avoid training with those that believe it is a fundamentals course until I find a true fundamentals course? Hope that let makes me, sense. Let me go back to where, why there's um, um, kind of a push in IPSC right now to tell people that it's not a fundamentals course. They're actually changing the title from black badge training course to black badge certification course. A lot of people don't think they should have to take a black badge. And most of those people don't think they should have to take a black badge because they can't get into a class because there's not enough instructors, not enough classes being offered. They're not being offered enough. So there's, so one of the attitudes is, well, if we would just do away with it, then I wouldn't have to worry about getting into a class. And then we have people who say, I'm military, I'm law enforcement, I know how to shoot. Why do I have to take your black badge class? Well, because we're not teaching you how to shoot. We are certifying that you are able to shoot within the context of our sport. And because they're military or police, and they could probably use the extra training anyways. Well, that's not the case. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> facetious Pants. I'm trying to actually get No, them. no, I'm not, I'm not being facetious. Uh, the military police shooters d- usually could use a little bit of extra uh, training for this kind of thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, that's not the that's has nothing to do with the, with the rationale for this, though. Um, but those people, we do get that argument from military and law enforcement. Uh, I am military. I'm law enforcement. I already know how to shoot. Why should I have to take the black badge class? Because it's not a training course. We're not teaching you how to shoot. You're supposed to know how to shoot before you get here. You're supposed to spend the day shooting these drills under uh, Ipsix times to prove that you can shoot under Ipsix times. We're not teaching you to shoot and then getting you to shoot the uh, required amount of rounds within the pre, uh, the prescribed time. You're showing up and you're showing us that you know how to do it. That's why it's not a fundamentals course. Others who say it's a fundamentals course, um, it teaches you to draw and it touches upon stance and it touches upon grip and it touches upon techniques for shooting weak hand. It touches upon techniques for shooting strong hand and it shows you how to go prone and it shows you how to go kneeling. It shows you all those things. So it shows grip, it shows stance, it discusses trigger uh, press, it discusses um, flash sight pitcher and sight pitcher. Okay, so yes, the fundamentals are touched upon in the class, but the main purpose of the class is to certify that you can shoot the sport of IPSC. Yeah. You're not, and, you know, yeah. and that's and, where the emphasis is going to be. And there's a heavy emphasis on the rules of IPSC, which are not going to be like the rules of other sports or other non-competitive type shooting. So, um, <clears throat> you're absolutely right, Brian. I totally forgot to touch upon that part. Yeah, there's, there's. Um, the, the class requires 16 hours of training to be divided between the range and the classroom. There is a manual there. And if I want to do that manual justice and the open book exam, I could easily spend six hours on that material easily. And then may, and maybe seven hours. If I take a whole hour dedicated just to the correcting of the exam, when the students do the exam, they're supposed to show up to the course now. I can only speak from my own experience. I, the program is national. It's, I would hope, supposed to be taught the same way in every province. But I know, just like the Firearms Act, it's administered a little bit differently in every province. Um, the way things are done here is 
the exam and the rule book are handed out to the students prior to the classroom portion of the course. And they have to do the open book exam before they arrive at the classroom portion of the course. Well, for some of these people, they have no context. They don't know what any of these things mean and they can't really piece it together. They're just looking up answers in a book and not fully understanding how they fit within the context of the game. Uh, what we do then is when we correct the exam, that a lot of learning happens. That's where things are explained in greater detail and examples are given and questions are asked by the students. So, yeah, it's not, uh, I wouldn't say avoid a black badge that says they were going to focus on fundamentals. Um, but just, just, there's nothing wrong with focusing on the fundamentals and black badge, but just know that the black badge course is not designed first and foremost to teach you to shoot. But devil's advocate, it's not a bad course to teach you some of the stuff to shoot. And it's a pretty good course as a general primer to competition, even though it's specific to IPSC. Absolutely. I, I cannot disagree with anything that you said. McClatchy had been shooting pistols for a couple of years before he took his black badge. We had a decent black badge. Uh, I'd like to think that Matthew and I have improved upon the black badge uh, program that we first took. But Matthew came out of his black badge a much better, a much better pistol shooter than when he went in. It was his first formal, I believe his first formal instruction. It was certainly my first formal instruction. Uh, I never shot a pistol except for just plinking at the range for fun with, uh, well, Officer Frank showed me a few things, but really, I mean, I didn't know much going into my black badge. So, um, yeah, uh, you ended your question, Ernie, with hope that makes sense. Well, I hope our answer makes sense. Jeff Young says, where do birds go at night? We already covered we that, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. We went back to that no, one. I knew, but yeah, we, yeah. Sorry, we're on uh, Dan. No, I'm on Jeff's. Where do birds go at night? They, they go to sleep, Jeff. Okay. Look at man. I was holding that one in all day. I had to get it out. Where are we now? Can we jump ahead to Dan Grady, please? Dan Grady. Last week? Yes. Last week, it seemed like Brian left. I felt left out about not having received anything from dicks by mail. Seems like something. Seems like something that should be rectified. You're wrong, Dan. Move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I got nothing. You know, I you can add glitter bombs now. I, you know what? I don't know if we need to cover this last question from Mr. Sheets. It's not really within the context of the show. All right. Neither yeah. is where do birds go at night. <laughs> That's true. However, I like it's not more than I like you. So. Okay, so you really want to ask how do blind people know when to swap, stop wiping? You really want to go there? That's the question. <laughs> I honestly i don't know it's never something i've considered um that's what bidets are for brian all right i'm from nova scotia we don't do that we don't do bidets well, maybe that. you're blind nova scotians do eh, i'm sure it would have come up in conversation <laughs> uh filthy field dark earth or did he mean flat dark earth i think he meant flat he failed. Uh, yes. Flat Dark Earth. Oh, <laughs> he missed. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Flat Dark Earth, which is uh, beige, or Burnt Bronze, which is uh, beige. Which color is more appropriate for Cerakote, for Cerakote My 19? <laughs> Who wrote this? James Bork? 
<laughs> to Cerakote by 1911 A1. And for uh, filthy, white is always the right color. There right. Is no a, other. Yes. Just, right. For filthy, white is right. Yes. <laughs> I'm sick. I've seen a white 1911. There's a reason for that. Yes. Mm. Blasphemy. John yeah. Moses Browning will come haunt you. Okay, Dave. Dave Williams. Why does Trevor suck so much? And my response was, we only have so much time. Yeah, that was a good response. Um, <laughs> yeah. How does Paul Frillot know that Trevor sucks? And he hashtagged it, the bugger. Uh, and then, of course, Paul Paul actually has a banner made that says Trevor sucks. <laughs> he, drove, he drove to New Brunswick from Ottawa at Christmas time. Didn't come see me, but came to my home, stood on my front step with his Trevor sucks banner, and <laughs> photographed himself doing it and posted it all over Facebook. What kind of man has a banner made that says so-and-so sucks, poses in front of your house and doesn't have the balls to knock on your door and look you in the eye when he does it. Trevor, uh, Paul Furlot. That's Paul Furlot. That's the kind of man. <laughs> that's the kind of man. Yeah. 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 Cause honestly it was funnier his way. We'll get this. <laughs> so after school today, the bus never came for my kids. So I got on the school board. I got on the phone with the school district. I'm like, where's the bus? Why isn't the bus here? Where's the bus? And I got to be somewhere. So, uh, but I got to stay with my kids, obviously. Anyway, I throw the kids in the truck and I take them up to the high school, uh, meet the driver who um, didn't come down for them. It didn't have a valid reason. Um, but anyway, it's a story for another day. I'm calling the school board after to complain about the driver. Well, complain about the driver. I mean, I know the guy, so I wasn't like, I wasn't throwing the bus driver under the bus necessarily. But uh, I was saying something, and all of a sudden, the person on the other phone on the other end of the phone goes, now I know why Paul Furlap puts Trevor Sucks on Facebook so much. <laughs> okay, good. I was really, I'm really glad there's a point to this story because I was not seeing it. This is my employer. <laughs> who, who, yeah. So she, she, uh, she got a crash course in the hangup game. Is, <laughs> well, and well, she should. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think that was earned. <clears throat> yeah. So the transportation assistant supervisor apparently went to school with Paul Furlap. There you go. All right. You want to take bills? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brian, how many rundowns are there in service conditions in Ottawa? Uh, there's a rundown from the two to the one. There's a rundown from the three to the two to the one, from the four to the three to the two to the one, and from the five to the four to the three to the two to the one. That, so, yeah, there's one in every stage. Um, and let's see. Do I shoot long-range fishes? And yes, I did last year um, with my AR. Uh, back to 800 meters. It was good fun. Uh, and how many stages are there? Uh, eight stages in precision, each from 200 back to 800 meters. That sums that one up. Bill Anderson says, Trevor, one for you. How many shooting events are you going to, are you going to in the next 10 weeks? And I counted them up and the answer is eight. Whoa. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. That's kidless, Trevor. Yeah. Kidless. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Childless Trevor. There you go. I've got uh, five black badges before the end of May. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He does. He's, it's not competitive events. It's events he's teaching too. So that, that does really fill up the calendar. Each of those black badges comes with a level two match. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. So I'll, you're, you're shooting, you're going to be the guy who's been shooting IPSEC for years against a bunch of black badge students. These level two matches are open to anyone in the world. Oh, okay. All right. I sit corrected, sir. Yes, well, you do. Oh, well played. Yes. I'm, <laughs> I've, I, I should be hung up on now. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just try being quiet for a while. 
Uh, Mark Price says, discuss the pros and cons of shooting standard minor in Ipsic, especially with a single action, double action trigger asking for a friend. Okay, so I need to give a little bit of backstory for the listeners who don't know. Ipsic has divisions. The divisions are production, standard, open, revolver, production optics. Production, if you have a double action, single action gun like a CZ, in uh, production, you start with the hammer forward and your first trigger pull is a double action trigger pull. Then, of course, the gun cycles and every trigger pull after that is single action. Standard division is a division for single action guns like the 1911 or the 2011, or uh, you could shoot a Glock 35 in there. It's also a division where the scoring is major power, major power factor scoring. So you're, when you're in standard division, your hits are scored as major. If your ammo makes major power factor. So the scoring values on the target are worth more than in production where the scoring is called minor. So it goes like this major scoring, is five four two and standard or uh, productions the scoring is five three one so everybody's alpha is worth five then the charlie is worth four and major three and minor the delta is worth two and major and one and minor so if you do what mark price is asking here shooting what's called standard minor it means that you have a nine millimeter gun shooting a minor power factor, but you're competing against the standard guys. So you're in standard minor. You're in the standard division, but you're scoring minor. So let's say Mark and I shoot off against each other and we shoot the same time and we shoot the same um, hits on the target. I'm going to win because my Charlies and my Deltas are worth more than his Charlies and his Deltas. Now, it so there's a, there's a disadvantage. I mean, it's just not smart unless you are super fast and super accurate and you don't fall outside of the A zone, then you can survive in standard minor. But it's, uh, there's, there's less, no one is winning world championships in standard shooting minor. No one, no one does it. If you're in standard, you're shooting major. That's that's just all there is to it. And, the advantage, or not the advantage, the reason why competitors like to shoot standard minor with double action, single action guns is because they don't want to take that first shot with a double action trigger pull. They also don't want to lower their hammer. So here's what happens. They load the gun. They rack it. Well, here, I'm going to do this on camera. I'm going to take my um, Beretta here. Even though the Beretta has a decocker, I won't use it. If you had a gun with a decocker, you could do it. Okay, so you insert the magazine, you rack the slide, now the hammer's cocked. So if you're going to shoot production, you have to lower that hammer. So what guys do is they put their thumb in the back of the hammer, pull it back, and then they press the trigger in, and then they slowly raise their... Uh, move the hammer forward until it's all the way down. Then they take the finger off the trigger. So now the gun is loaded. There's a magazine in the mag well. There's a round in the chamber and the hammer has been lowered. So on the beep, I draw the gun and then I pull the trigger and the first shot is double action. But after that, every shot is in single action. Guys get nervous about lowering that hammer. 
It's great if you have a decocker, use your decocker. If you don't have a decocker, you have to lower the hammer by hand using your thumb. And if it slips, you're disqualified because the gun goes bang when it's not supposed to. You're disqualified. So two reasons why guys want to shoot standard minor. They don't want to lower their hammer manually with their thumb. And they don't like that heavy, long, first double action trigger pull. Problem is, it's just a training issue. you got to teach yourself to do both. Dry fire, dry fire, dry fire. Practice lowering your hammer at home and practice dry firing in double action. And none of this will be a problem. The best production shooters in the world lower their hammer. They figure it out. Ben Stagger came to the Nationals last year and beat everybody but one open shooter with a production gun. Every first shot for Ben was a double action, right? So there's... Yeah. Uh, now, to yes. be fair, lowering the hammer is a kind of an impractical thing to do, but it's within the, it's the requirement of the sport. Well, exactly. And, and the um, intent of those double action, single action guns, they're intended to be carried with the hammer down. I don't think well, anyone carries a Beretta. Well, well you can't. Except the ones that have safeties like the CZs. Right. But even still, if I was to carry this CZ, I wouldn't carry it cocked and locked. Why not? Because it's just easier. It takes a whistler for that safety to come off. The safety on the CZ is not like super hard or stiff. You say that, but you still have to disengage it. You still have to remember to put your thumb on it. Maybe you don't reach it so well. I'd much rather draw the gun, get a nice, strong two-handed grip, and press that first shot off in double action and light it up after that in single action. There's been lots of 1911s carried, gotten lost for lots of years. Yeah, and lots of people forget to disengage the safety. Well, yeah, okay, but that, again, that's a training issue. It is, but it's it's something you can eliminate from the equation. Just grab the gun and start shooting. That's to use a Glock. Exactly. And well, if you don't uh, have yeah, a Glock. That is the right answer. Anyway. Right. But this will function like a Glock. This will function better than a Glock. The first pull will be a double action. Every every pull after that will be a single action. I don't I don't think like CZs and Shadows should be in production. Production is supposed to be for like combat or carry pistols. No one's carrying that big heavy tank around. This is a this is a this is a a duty <laughs> pistol. Yeah, Your shadow is not 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 anymore. Like no, like no military or, or police. <clears throat> hey, okay, all right, yeah, we can't go down this yeah. road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This it's is why not is, service pistol. So that's that's where they get around it. Anyway, right. Yeah. Well, Adriel, this is why um, other shooting sports popped up because production wasn't really production. I mean, no, when if, it, like a, a tank folio, you know, right? Well, that's what it's the case. That's what IPSC is. IPSC's a game. If you want to shoot a duty gun, you got to go to IDPA. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Production just means that it's made in the factory. Yep. Why doesn't the Glock 34 fit? Is it too long? Too oh, long. okay. There, so it's it also has some dimension issues. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And I mean, I compare it to the FN, FNS. I compare it to the, um, even the Arsenal Strike 1, the MMP Pro. It's, it's, noticeably longer than those guns yeah okay all right cool um let's see um we're not going to talk we're not going to talk about this one where you did a revisionist history of the comments uh jason philp how can a man with the patience to teach newbies alternate students and amateur podcasters rage quit anything and why don't we get more go button moments and based on Trevor's change of heart on 1911s and SKSs, how long till he changes from 
from Bose and Ipsic to IDPA and trap doubles. <laughs> um, the reason why uh, I rage quit is because I use all my patients for other people. Um, and uh, yeah, I expect more for myself than other people when it doesn't go well. I don't cope. <laughs> <laughs> um what else uh why i i don't know why why not more go button moments i don't know it's good the moment's got to be right man you can't you can't script the go button moments they've got to be they got to be natural yeah uh i'm i would uh yeah i would never go to idpa i would go back to archery before i went to idpa if idpa was the only pistol game in town maybe but if I lived in the U.S. and I could shoot USPSA, IPSC, or IDPA, I would still stick with IPSC first and foremost. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Why do so many people that believe in climate change and rising sea levels live in coastal communities? Because <laughs> most people live in coastal communities. Most, right. Yeah. yeah. That's just where the people are. That's... That's an easy answer. Why does Paul spell his name wrong? Because he's a communist. Sure. I instead of a U. Yeah. All right. Cool. I think that's it for questions. All right. Cool. Did did you miss anything? Okay. No. Let's move on. So we have no listener feedback and we have no reviews. Did we check for listener feedback? I did check. Yep. Okay. Uh, shout outs. I've got a couple. I got one to Paul. I don't remember why. So whatever. Uh, Mark Hache. I hope your wife is listening and, um, I hope she lets you shoot up sick and to Lee. I think it's Lee, um, Lee and, uh, I don't know what the relationship is between them. Um, partner, husband, whatever, Lee and some guy, I guess showed up at a gun club meeting last week and, uh, stayed for the business meeting and then came downstairs to the pub for the actual meeting that takes place after the gun club meeting. And um, she is living in the Quebec side, but from Ottawa and did some kind of long range type shooting. I never heard of before. Uh, wants to check out some pistol stuff and maybe some three gun stuff. So pretty awesome. Did cool. she have a name for the type of long gun? Long? She did dude, but it was something I had never heard of. So it didn't uh, stick. Fair enough. All right, cool. Adriel, do you see a big boar or silhouette or anything crazy like that? Uh, it wasn't silhouette. It was some kind of target shooting. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. Next time you see her, ask for a follow-up so we can know what she's talking about. All right. I'm, I'm curious. I'll her right in. Yeah, there you go. That's a good idea. I have a shout-out for Kelly for buying my shadow. <laughs> huh. In her defense, she did it to save herself from zombie llamas. Mm, yep. Is it llamas or llamas? Um, uh, well, there's zombies you don't worry about. Or potato. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Uh, I'm going to sh- shout out Ryan Stacy for um, returning my uh, upper to me in a, f- in a functioning fashion so I can get out and get some shooting done. Cool. Very good. All right. Um, Patreonies, we got a new one. Brent H for ten bucks. Jonathan Howie for twelve forty two. What's the what's the twelve forty two? Do we know? Mm, I don't know. No. Too clever for us, Jonathan, which uh, doesn't take much. Uh, and Sean H for five bucks. Those are awesome. Um, 
pledges, guys. Thank you very, very much. If you would like to support the throw the show through Patreon and get access to exclusive content, uh, be invited on the show and receive some swag, you can do so um, by joining us at www.patreon.com forward slash slamfire radio. Um, until next week, everybody. Uh, join one or more of our national firearms associations, such as CCFR or the CCFR. Check us out on the GOC. Like us on Facebook. We're at 1879. 1879. That's a, that's a lot of likes. Uh, that's it. Good night, everybody. Hey, night. everyone. So now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. Hey, since we're at the end of the episode anyways, uh, why don't you guys head on over to We Like Shooting and listen to episode 243 of Glitterly. Trevor and I were guests on the show for the duration, and uh, we may have consumed a little bit of whiskey while we were uh, recording the show, so we had a lot of fun and a lot of laughs, and uh, definitely head on over to We Like Shooting and check out that episode.